What's going on, good people, and welcome to Live by the Three, a Raptors podcast with your boy Curly. For podcast news, Raptors content, or if you just want to talk hoops, you can hit me up on either platform at Live by the Period Number Three on Insta and at Live by the Zero Three on Twitter. So, as you may or may not have noticed, there hasn't been some reaction pods for quite some time. I know my loyal listeners, shout out to you for checking in and sending your well wishes. All is well. I had to leave out of town, specifically to Atlanta, to attend a family engagement. And no surprise, everything was Atlanta Hawks and no access to Toronto Raptors basketball. Nor did I have the time and space to record a reaction pod. So when I did put out the tweet, I said that the pod was listed day to day due to me being out of town. But unfortunately, did not have a time or the opportunity to do so. So you're getting a pod, a quick hitter today on March 22nd where the Raptors are going to be taking on the Indiana Pacers so we're going to discuss last three games the past three games and do a soft preview for the Indiana Pacers game that has play-in implications if the Raptors and when the Raptors I should say get a victory tonight it'll create some distance and at minimum will solidify their position in the play-in which is and has not been the goal all season but You can definitely appreciate that at least they will finish in that spot of the standings and hopefully will be in a playoff series. But before we get into the pod, I want to give a big shout out to the ATL. If you have not been, it's a beautiful city, not the cleanest city, but beautiful in its own way. And whenever I travel, it's all about the food. I'm a foodie at heart to go along with me being a basketball enthusiast. So if you're ever in Atlanta, there's no bad spot for food and Big shout out and a free shout out to Waffle House. It's a breakfast joint. It was just delicious. So if you ever have an opportunity to travel to Atlanta or you're passing through Georgia, hit up Waffle House. You will not be disappointed. So without further delay, let's get into some late reaction pods. And we'll start off with the Oklahoma City Thunder and Raptors. That happened on March 16th. And they obviously came away with the victory 128 to 111. Now, despite the Raptors coming out slow that game, they firmly got control as the game went on and and really stepped on their backs in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Thunder 35 to 24. This was a game that the Raptors should have won. They were a better team going in. And despite the tremendous superstar talent that SGA is, the Raptors were a better team. They had them outmatched in most areas, except for the guard spot for obvious reasons. They used their size and their length to their advantage as they should. Whenever they have a mismatch, they out-rebounded the Thunder 59 to 39. They were able to get out in transition, outscoring the Thunder 23 to six. The area of concern, despite shooting the ball well and sharing the ball well, the concern was how easy it was for the Thunder to get into the paint, especially right down the middle. It's been something that has been an issue all season long, and despite Jakob Pertl's presence there, it still tends to happen more often than not. But lately, I've noticed a trend where they have Jakob a little bit more on the perimeter, more than I would like, and to scramble back on defense, and for him to scramble back against more athletic players, it has not really been a good look, but you really can't complain too much when the Raptors win the game, despite those little deficiencies. But what I really loved about this game was Pascal found his footing again, scoring 25 points, 14 rebounds, giving him double-double, eight assists, 
a 9 for 19 shooting from the field and 3 for 5 from 3 and 4 for 8 from the free throw line. The free throw line has been something that has been missing from Pascal's game. His inability to get to the free throw line as he was struggling on the road, especially on that five game road trip on the west side, or mainly on the west side I should say. There were a lot of things happening. He wasn't seeing the secondary defender, he wasn't seeing the plays develop as he was in the early parts of the season, and he took over this game, especially in the second half when he needed to. He didn't really force it, he took a high percentage of shots, and he was aggressive on both sides of the ball. He did get beat quite a bit defensively, but the effort was there, and if you did get one on him, he was definitely trying to get that one back. So you love that motivation. And the efficiency from the starters. Pascal scoring 25, OG continues his efficient play. The catch and shoot game is amazing to see. He's shooting more, with more confidence. He's getting off a quicker release at times and he's shooting with confidence. You're definitely seeing that. Scotty Barnes had a tremendous game, 19 points, eight rebounds and six assists. Jakob with a double-double, not very efficient offensively, but he was efficient from the free throw line going eight for 10, getting a double-double like I mentioned, 16 and 12. And Fred Van Vliet looked comfortable, didn't force many opportunities, and his fingerprints were all over this game. 19 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and 4 steals with a block. Not to mention, and it's a definitely not a lease situation, Gary Trent Jr., 23 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals on a very efficient 8 for 11 shooting, 4 for 6 from 3, and 3 for 4 from the free throw line. What I loved about Gary Trent Jr. this game was his ability to get out in transition and knock down those shots in the transition. Same with OG, same with Fred whenever he went off ball. The Raptors just looked good this game and it was a game that they had to win, they had to protect home court, and they definitely accomplished that. A dominant victory for the Raptors against the Thunder. Next, we have the Raptors hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday, March 18th. Again, a game that the Raptors were great going in on paper and a game that they should have won, which they did, beating the T-Wolves 122-107. to A game that saw the return of Precious Achua, though it was in small order. But the T-Wolves did not have Cara Anthony Towns and their young superstar in Anthony Edwards. Hence why I felt comfortable with the Raptors going into that game and coming away with the victory, which they did. Now, looking at the numbers, it wasn't very pretty. Neither team shot it particularly well from three. The Raptors were outscored on the free throw line by the T-Wolves, 24 to 28 in favor of the T-Wolves to the Raptors, 17 for 21. Both efficient, but more attempts were there. Again, one of the main issues was the Timberwolves ability to get down the lane and go right at the rim simply at ease both teams despite having a big man in Gobert and Jakob Pertl points in the paint was at 64 apiece transition game not too much of a discrepancy there Raptors edged out the T-Wolves 18 to 16 but they both turned over the ball a bunch and rebounding very similar 45 to 42 in favor of the Raptors despite all of that the Raptors were able to score more than the T-Wolves obviously outscoring them in terms of field goals 48 to the T-Wolves 39 that's where the Raptors had the advantage but this was a game that we saw all five starters in double digits once again Pascal Siakam matched his performance once again with another double double 27 points 10 rebounds 6 assists going 11 for 22 from the field but 1 for 6 from 3 and 4 for 6 from the free throw line he just looks like himself over those last couple of games He's 
been picking his spots more, he's been hunting down the mismatches, and he's being more efficient, not to mention that he is playmaking and seeing the court better, whether it's a screener roll with Jacoperto, OG, or whomever. Pascal looks dominant again and has a swagger back, which is great to see. OG once again, shooting confidently, playing great defense. He chipped in with 15 points. Scotty Barnes struggled this game, only scoring 10 points, four rebounds and two assists on a very inefficient three for 10 from the field, but he did get to the free throw line, shooting four for five, which is great to see. And what you want him to do, especially if he's not able to get it going from the field, you have the ability to get to the free throw line, generate those opportunities. He definitely did that. Jakob Hurdle, very efficient, another double-double for him. 14 points, 11 rebounds on San for eight shooting, no attempts from the free throw line. And this was a game where Fred VanVleet just asserted his dominance, looked at Mike Conley like a pylon, and whether it was off ball or with the ball in his hand, the T-Wolves virtually had no answer for him. 28 points, three rebounds, seven assists on 10 for 18 shooting from the field, three for seven from three and five for six from the free throw line. As for the role players, not too much to take away. Boucher chipped in with five, Achua with two, Flynn playing uh, towards the end of the game with two. Also saw Wieskamp and Coloco. It was nice to see Coloco did look a step slow, but as the game went on and as he continued to play, you can see the quickness return and he was a presence in some possessions, which is awesome to see. Will Barton, 14 minutes, no points, but he did have four rebounds and one assist, assuming that point guard spot, which we were gonna get into later on. But Gary Trent Jr., once again, in 29 minutes, 19 points, three rebounds, three assists, and five steals for eight for 14 shooting from the field, two for five from three, and one for one from the free throw line. Again, this was a game that the Raptors had to win. They did that. They protected home court and outscored the T-Wolves for four straight quarters. I can't remember the a time where the Raptors did that this season. And that was great to see. They were able to close them out in dominating fashion. Awesome win for the Raptors. Which brings us to our last game against the Milwaukee Bucks that took place on March 19th this past Sunday. On the road, in a back-to-back -back situation against the best team in the Eastern Conference, and I don't think there's any dispute in that. I still maintain that in a series that the Raptors can beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They just match up well. And when it comes to depth, I know they do have more shooting, but I still feel that this was something, and this is something that the Raptors can overcome in a seven game series. But this was a tall order for the Raptors, especially in a back-to-back -back situation. And the only thing I was feeling confident about is their level of play going in to that game. They've been clicking and getting hot at the right time. And for most of the game, the Raptors hung around. They even had a lead over the Milwaukee Bucks going into the third quarter. And during the third quarter, I'm sorry. As we've seen multiple times this season, if the Raptors had to play three quarters and only three quarters, they would be the best team in the league. And unfortunately, because of their lack of depth and the inability for the bench to get going this game, the Raptors simply ran out of gas, being outscored by the Milwaukee Bucks, 29 to 16 in the fourth quarter. And that's simply not gonna get it done. But they fought valiantly. They still come up short, 118 to 111 in favor of the Bucks. One thing that the Raptors definitely missed was Scotty Barnes getting hurt in the earlier parts of the game, I believe in the first half. 
hurt his wrist and he did not return. But the Raptors weathered the storm. They had Gary Trent Jr. ready to go in the second half as part of that starting unit to opening up the third quarter. And that is a great luxury to have that you lose a starter and you have the ability to put a starter quality player in the rotation. But it simply wasn't enough and there were some great things to take away from that game and we'll get into it. But the Bucks simply won the free throw battle. They were able to get into the paint with ease and that has been a common trend over those last couple of games and something that has been an issue all season long. 16 for 21 from the free throw line for the Bucks, 9 for 12 from the Raptors. Though efficient, did not get enough opportunities at the free throw line. The assist numbers, to me, is what really stands out as well. The Bucks got 35 to the Raptors 25. Though the Raptors getting 25 is a step in the right direction, but the ability to swing the ball the way that Milwaukee does is something that the Raptors have missed. But the Raptors were able to get on transition more, scoring 15 points in transition to the Bucks 9, leading points in the paint 44-40 to 40 over the Bucks as well. Now, to me, the biggest takeaway would have to be the bench production, the inability for the Raptors to get consistent production outside of Gary Trent Jr. recently really spelled their demise this game. The Bucks outscored the Raptors bench 37 to 28, and it doesn't seem like a large margin, but it is enough, especially in a close game like this. And had it not been for Gary Trent Jr.'s 18 points, it wasn't efficient, but it was effective. He did score 5 for 10 from the three-point line, but zero from Will Barton and five points each from Precious Chua and Chris Boucher is simply not going to get it done when you're playing a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. But with a quick look at the starters, Pascal did take a step back this game. 13 points, 12 rebounds, giving him a double-double, but 5 for 14 shooting from the field, 1 for 5 from 3 and 2 for 2 from the free throw line, and that overall largely due to the presence of Brooke Lopez and Brooke Lopez had a monster fourth quarter that the Raptors for whatever reason wasn't able to stop slow-mo Brooke Lopez but I will give the Bucks credit and this is something that the Raptors are going to have to clean up they had multiple opportunities to bring Jakob Pertl out to the perimeter Brooke Lopez being a three-point threat that can't happen I think there needs to be a way for the Raptors to devise a scheme, maybe going in a 2-3 zone like we saw this game, and keep Jakob Pertl at home. There's no reason why he needs to be on the perimeter. Let him stay in the paint. But we'll see how the Raptors adjust there. But despite Pascal's inability to provide the offensive support, his playmaking was on display, getting 7 assists. OG was able to fill the void offensively very efficient once again the one thing i like about og's game as of late is that his movements his decision making and his overall assertiveness is what has been the difference lately he's keeping the game simple he's not trying to out dribble anyone his dribbling and his penetration is with purpose and again continues to shoot with confidence 22 points four rebounds one assist one steal and a block 8 for 12 shooting from the field, 4 for 5 from 3, and 2 for 2 from the free throw line. We know Scotty went down early, but he had a decent start to the game with 5 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal prior to the injury. Despite what Jakob lacked defensively, he definitely gave it his all offensively that night, 20 points and 6 rebounds. And Freddie, 
Not as efficient game, but an effective game. 23 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists, 1 steal on 9 for 21 shooting from the field. 9 for 21 shooting from the field, 3 for 8 from 3, and 2 for 3 from the free throw line. As I said, Precious Sachua and Boucher both chipped in with 5. Gary Trent Jr. with 18 points and Will Barton in 13 minutes. At the point guard spot, no points, 2 rebounds, and 2 assists. Now, my overall impression from the last three games is that the Raptors are clicking at the right time. Despite their inefficiencies, there's a lot of positives to take away despite how this season has gone. If they're able to maintain this level of play, this level of competitiveness, their efforts on both sides of the ball, and they're playing with a little bit more trust. I think that's a huge positive for them. It's something that has been lacking all season and you know despite losing to the Bucks they hung around all game and they dominated them in the third quarter 39 to 31 they just simply ran out of the gas and part of that falls on the shoulders of Nick Nurse and part of that falls on the shoulders of the front office and and not having the depth that the Raptors need for a very important push now, there is one thing I want to address, and that is the play of Will Barton. I've seen the tweets. I've seen everyone's overall impression online about what Will Barton is to this team presently. And I'm not absolving him. He hasn't played very well. And when his number is called, he hasn't produced. But the Raptors have a tendency to take a skilled player or a specialist, I would say. Will Barton is a scorer. He's not a point guard. He's not going to facilitate for you. He's not that guy. And the Raptors have a tendency to take players out of their element and beyond their skill set, which has been a complaint all season long, but historically they have done that, and asking them to do things that they cannot do. Will Barton is not a point guard. He's a bucket getter. He's a scorer. He's an offensive threat when healthy. Use him in that role. Myself and others of the fan base want and are crying for Jeff Dowden. He's on a two-way deal, can only play seven games. The Raptors front office need to do something at that point guard spot. It's either you run Malachi and see what he can give you during the stretch, which is not a terrible idea, but I, for one, and as I've said multiple times, free Jeff Dowden. I think Jeff Dowden is the point guard that the Raptors can use that can defend the point of attack, be that steady presence for the second unit, and, you know, would free up the responsibility of Will Barton being a point guard and allow him to be a running mate, a scoring mate alongside of Gary Trent Jr. Like, imagine a lineup of Boucher, Precious, Gary Trent Jr., and Will Barton. Doesn't give you a whole lot defensively, but defense isn't the problem with this second unit is their inability to score the basketball. And I think with that lineup set the way it is, you can get that scoring production that you're missing and you won't have to overextend your starters. But despite all of that, they're shooting better. They're knocking down their threes. I think the catch and shoot game of OG, Freddie, and Gary Trent Jr. has been a tremendous development. Pascal getting his confidence at the right time. Jakob continues to be the steady presence. There's a lot of things going in a positive and trending in a positive direction for the Raptors. During a very crucial time of the season, the Raptors have 10 games left 
The next four, including tonight, is at home. They have to go out and protect home court. And they're doing so against the Indiana Pacers with a 7.30 tip-off. Again, this is a game that the Raptors should and could win. And I truly believe that they will. Unfortunately, Scotty Barnes, Precious Tatua, and Gary Trent Jr. are all questionable tonight. And Tyrese Halliburton, Chris Duarte are both game-time decisions. But despite all of that, I truly believe that the Raptors can win this basketball game. And they need to. These next four games at home are very winnable. Taking on Detroit, Washington, and Miami. Miami will and always can be a threat but they're not playing good basketball so again it is a winnable game when this team is healthy and hopefully our guys scotty gary and precious will be ready to go but to preview this game against the pacers it's very simple go out and win you've proven that you can take care of home court og alluded to it in his press conference that he believes that they can start another streak and it starts at home and i truly believe that there's no reason why the raptors can't win the next four games or at minimum the next three out of the four games as very important implications as i previously mentioned earlier in the pod if they once they win tonight i'm not going to say if but once they win tonight they'll secure a spot in the play and knocking the pacers four games back so go out and win they won the last seven games at home protect home court and it doesn't get any simpler than that the raptors are playing great basketball the Pacers have sputtered. They've dealt with injuries. Take advantage of a team in a weakened position. And that's it for me. I hope you all appreciate my efforts and giving you a pod before another pod. And just because you got this one doesn't mean we're not going to get a reaction pod. We are back on regular schedule programming. There will be a reaction pod after the game. So we will talk then. And I truly hope to listeners new and old that you appreciate this pod and enjoy it as it takes us in to tonight's matchup against the Indiana Pacers. And if you have not done so, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It'll mean so much if you take the time to do so. And until the next episode, everyone, please continue to stay healthy and stay safe, good people. Talk soon. Peace. Peace.